Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio, aimed at helping you live an enjoyable, fit, and healthy life in and around our community of Knoxville, Tennessee. And now, here is your host, Dr. John Mark Chesney. Welcome to the Stay Healthy South Sound podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Penrose, and today, Dr. Jennifer Penrose here from Penrose Physical Therapy, and... Today, I am going to dive into shoulder bursitis, impingement, tendonitis, arthritis. Basically, let's talk about how we decipher all those terms in the shoulder. And believe it or not, you can actually have several of those going on at the same time. And it's important to point out, you can have a diagnosis like shoulder impingement, but from different causes. So... I really want to dig into this because I think there can be a lot of confusion for patients with this. So let's start with bursitis. Anything with itis on the end of it means inflammation. So bursitis is inflammation of the bursa. So there's this fluid-filled sac in your shoulder, the bursa, and it can get inflamed. Yes, you can get a steroid shot to put out the inflammation, and that's many times what is offered to you from the orthopedic office. And it's like it puts the fire out. It really brings down the inflammation and the pain. However, do note that you did not figure out the cause of what created the bursitis. So something was creating friction and rubbing on that bursa that then irritated it to create bursitis. So unfortunately, many times when people get this injection, they're not quite so motivated (laughs) to come into physical therapy to really figure out what caused it and to prevent it from coming back again. So think about your shoulder and I think you have to appreciate that there are so many muscles attaching around the shoulder blade and the shoulder itself and then the impact of your posture and all those different muscles and aspects can affect the stress placed on the shoulder. So bursitis what we find a lot of times is that there can be tightness in your chest and shoulders and thoracic spine. So if you sit at a desk or a computer, you kind of develop that posture unless you are stretching, have a pretty regular stretching routine to combat the effects of prolonged seated position. So then this person who's been working at a desk a lot will try to do some yard work over the weekend, right? And, you know, not isn't necessarily too strenuous and they don't feel any pain during the yard work. They're just working and they might feel fatigue and then the onset of pain comes later in the week. So part of this can, this bursa can get irritated because you have tightness and you're reaching up and reaching in different positions and motions that you haven't done in a while. And it can start to irritate and rub the bursa when you're engaging all those different movement patterns. And you don't really feel much problem during. The inflammation builds on itself later. So one thing to note, inflammation peaks 48 to 72 hours after an event. So if you can think back to if you've sprained an ankle before, you know, the swelling is worse like the next day or two days later. Same with doing hard strenuous workouts. Oftentimes your your soreness is on the second day and not necessarily the first day. So that 48 to 72 hour window is very real. I think you can kind of think back of some kind of incident like that. So it's very common not to feel bursitis coming on as it's happening. 
it's later as that inflammation builds. And a lot of times we don't mean to use the wrong muscles. We just, our bodies just get the job done. So basically with bursitis, you'll have all these tight muscles putting extra stress and not leaving enough room for your shoulder to move freely. And so when something is tight, there's just more apt for things to rub. And then you rub on that bursa, creates a friction process. So it gets inflamed. So I think you can kind of visualize that in your head. So tightness, especially if you tend to be a stiff person, that is a real recipe for creating injuries. So stretching is something people don't always like to do. (laughs) I think we all feel like it's kind of boring. Rather go work out and do something where we feel a little more effect. But stretching is definitely one of those things that will keep some of these issues away. Shoulder bursitis can happen at the same time as impingement. So let me talk about impingement. I think the word sort of speaks for itself a little bit. Something is getting pinched, right? So if you are tight and you try to raise your arm all the way up overhead and you can't, you'll kind of feel a stopping point. So kind of try that. Raise your arm up overhead and find your stopping point. If you're working up high overhead near the end of your range of motion, that tightness can kind of be pinching on the rotator cuff tendon. And if you keep pinching on it, it's going to create impingement syndrome. It can irritate the bursa, right? So that you get bursitis with that impingement syndrome. You can irritate the rotator cuff tendon, the long head of the bicep tendon. So you can start to develop some tendonitis issues down the line, but it might've started with impingement. So you just slouch in your chair right now, for example. So kind of just slump over, just slump a little bit, kind of that rounded upper back and kind of slouch with your shoulders kind of coming forward. Go ahead and raise your arm in that position. So keep the slouched posture, raise your arm up as high as you can go without straightening your back up, and then go ahead and correct your posture as straight as you can and repeat that. You should have noticed when you slouch, you cannot raise your arm up as high overhead. So if you have even just a little bit of tightness in your chest and your shoulders kind of round forward and you kind of have a little bit of rounded upper back posture, you can see how that can create impingement in your shoulder when you go do things outside in the yard, for instance, around the house, different projects, painting, swimming. If you decide to take up swimming all of a sudden and you and you don't really have as much shoulder motion as you once did. So that can lead to the impingement process in your shoulder. And then when you have the impingement happening, those you're pinching on the soft tissues, on the rotator cuff tendon, on the long head of the bicep tendon, of the bursa. And so some structure in there, one of those, maybe all three of them, if you're really that unlucky, <laughs> you'll inflame all of them. So I can also have, so that that's one scenario of getting impingement, right? Some, some tightness and, and flexibility issues that create rubbing and pinching of structures in the shoulder. However, on the other hand, you could have a very loose shoulder, an unstable shoulder, and that can also create some impingement syndrome as well. A little more rare, but it does happen. And in this scenario, you have to think of the shoulder joint as a ball and socket joint. And it's it needs to be the ball of the shoulder joint needs to stay centered in there, right? So if you can think of like a machine type thing, 
And if it doesn't, if that ball is kind of loosey-goosey with an unstable shoulder and moving all over the place, when you go to raise your arm and move it in different directions, then it can pinch and run into other structures because it's not staying centered and stable. And so you can get impingement from sort of moving around too much. So that is also an interesting way to get impingement. So that particular person who has it due to that, you wouldn't have necessarily the same exercises as someone else who's stiff. So there are subtle differences between people that have impingement. It's not as simple as just handing you a workbook and of exercises and you'll solve it or YouTubing shoulder impingement and then trying those exercises and then saying, well, I tried physical therapy. It didn't work. Well, <laughs> you tried the do-it-yourself version. There are a lot of subtle differences that can happen with impingement that many times just Googling what to do, <laughs> A, could get you worse or B, be ineffective. Sometimes you'll find, you, you may, you may, get some of them that are that are helpful. I have it's very common for people to come into physical therapy and and tell us, look, I've been dealing with this. I I YouTubed this, I Googled this, I tried this and this, and this seemed to help over here, but this one made it worse. And sure enough, you, a lot of times they they were right, but we can just help you quicker at evaluating exactly which muscles are tight and then giving you the correct stretches for that so you don't make it worse. And then the which muscles are not strong enough. So a lot of times the shoulder blade area isn't doing enough of its job to help support the shoulder. And then a lot of times the rotator cuff is doing too much work, to be honest. And we need more help from the biceps, the triceps, the forearm. You need your whole arm to function as a unit. You need everything doing its fair share of the workload when you go to lift, carry, push, pull. It's not just about the rotator cuffs. As a listener to the Stay Healthy South Sound podcast, we're offering a free discovery session. To sign up, contact us at info at pinrosept.com or call us directly at 360-456-1444. That's 360-456-1444. And now, back to the episode. So I think sometimes people... Google rotator cuff exercises and start doing those when really the rotator cuff is doing too much already. Like let's let's get everything else doing its fair share in your shoulder and in your whole arm and then you won't overload the rotator cuff tendon or the long head of the bicep tendon. So just something to kind of throw at you. I mean, there's a reason why seeing an expert <laughs> that went to school for years will solve your problem faster. So Hopefully it gives you a little bit of an idea of how you can have shoulder bursitis and you can have impingement, but the causes can be slightly different and really figuring out the which muscles are tight and which ones are weak and then getting a correct plan. You'll just get back to what you need to do and hurt less quicker. Now, another topic that I mentioned was tendonitis, right, in the shoulder. So, Again, itis is inflammation of that structure. So inflammation of the tendon, and that usually means like an overuse issue. And so it's inflammation of the tendon, rotator cuff and bicep tendon are the two most common ones in the shoulder. That long head of the bicep is more in the front. So that's going to give you more front shoulder pain. And then the rotator cuff is more on the sides. It's going to be more lateral outside of the shoulder type of pain. If you're getting pain in the back of your shoulder, there's suspicion of whether you have a 
a loose shoulder, creating some what we call posterior shoulder impingement syndrome there. Or we may also just need to make sure that it's not coming from the neck as well. Shoulder pain in general is usually the front and side of your shoulder. So when you start talking about the backside of the shoulder, we, we start to kind of investigate a little bit further to make sure it truly is the shoulder. So let me go back to tendonitis. So it can happen from overusing the shoulder, like a new activity on the tendon, because the, the tendon connects the muscle to the bone, right? And it pulls on the bone. And if you suddenly exert more force lifting an object a few times, you could irritate that tendon. It wasn't ready for that load and causing tendonitis. And a lot of times many patients are just surprised that tendonitis can come on with only one day of an activity like weed whacking all day or part of the day or moving heavy rocks. I had a recent bout of tendonitis. I mean, I guess it was a couple summers ago. Using a rope swing at my parents' lake home, let go and, and land in the water. And it was pretty cool. But I found out after using it only about six times, my left elbow started hurting. And it was just that the elbow was not conditioned to suddenly handling, jumping up and grabbing this rope and then swinging out and landing in the water. So it just just couldn't handle that abrupt jump up, grab the rope with my arm extended. So it was just interesting to remind myself that, yeah, I mean, I, I do do some weight training and cardio, but... Obviously, I didn't have enough strength in that left elbow and that particular movement to handle what I wanted to do. And so I didn't, you know, I stopped doing it, obviously. So it can come on suddenly like that where you you put some kind of stress on it that it just isn't used to or isn't strong enough to handle. And it may not seem like that big of a deal to you. Um, but kind of go back in time and look at things that were different that you did. It can also come on from repetitive motions or using your arm in a just bad ergonomic position. So, you know, workstation setups. This is something I get from people all the time or on a laptop or a tablet. At home, it really matters where you have your arm positioned. So if your elbow is extended away from your body, you're going to have more stress through the elbow and the shoulder and the neck. So whether the person is coming in with some wrist symptoms, carpal tunnel type things, or the elbow or the shoulder or the neck or a combination of any of those, like if you're really unlucky, you can have more than one of those being upset. But when you're working with your arms extended at a keyboard for prolonged periods, that's just more strain to the system. And so trying to get a keyboard tray or figuring out a way to have your elbows right at your side when you're working on a device is less strain on the elbow, the shoulder, the neck. So good posture ergonomics. If you've been doing it wrong for a while and and you're kind of like, well, I've been doing that for so long. Like, why is it hurting now? It's basically just your body's like, I can't do this anymore. This wasn't the way to do it to begin with, but you got away with it for quite some time. So tendonitis can be one of those that can come on acutely with a new activity or over time because of the the poor positioning that it just was stressing that area and it can no longer handle it anytime anymore. Shoulder tendonitis, I see the most of this like with using the shoulder at shoulder height or above, like people who stock shelves, more of those situations and then poor prolonged ergonomic postures at the computers, another one, or lifting weights in a awkward manner or just too many 
repetitions in a certain way and other muscles aren't doing their fair share. So lots of different reasons, but it's good to kind of reflect on things that you've been doing. And usually with physical therapy, we take a pretty good history on that because oftentimes the patient really just doesn't know. I don't know how this came about. So we will quiz you and ask you, like, tell us about your daily routine. What are the daily postures, movements, positions that you do? Were there anything new that you did, whether it was a house project, pulling up carpet. Oh, that was a good one. I did have someone who had really bad tendonitis come on after removing carpet in their house. It just, you know, yanking it and pulling it, pushing and pulling. It just, you know, it didn't hurt at the time. In fact, I don't think her symptoms came on for like a whole week later. So, you know, don't be surprised. Some of us have um, a really delayed onset <laughs> of pain and soreness. And I, I most of the time we experience pain after two to three days of the event, but I have had numerous people where it was almost like a week to two weeks later from what they did before they were really like, yeah, that's the only thing different in my world. And it made the most sense of how their injury came on. So you can have that real delay of symptoms sometimes, which just makes it hard sometimes for you as the patient to piece it all together. But think of anything different in your routine or something that you've done over and over and over that may actually be poor posture and ergonomics contributing to the strain of that position. So that's a bit on tendonitis, especially in the shoulder. So let's talk briefly about arthritis in the shoulder too, because we get a lot of that. Basically, arthritis in any joint, the cartilage is wearing away and you're getting bone on bone. In the shoulder, we often get bone spurs in the shoulder. So just a little piece of extra bone sticking into the joint space, if you can think of that. And can you visualize when you move your arm around, lifting it up and out to the side or behind your back, if you have a little piece of bone sticking into that joint space, that's going to cause some pinching in the shoulder. It's going to cause rubbing on, on structures like the rotator cuff or the bursa. And it can even start to cause little micro tears in the rotator cuff tendon itself. So the arthritis in the shoulder joint can cause the ache and stiffness that you feel. And one of the best ways to help with that is gentle stretching. Now, if you have a bone spur, we've got to be careful that we're not stretching into that and irritating things. So there might be some movements and, and stretches that you need to avoid and to avoid it from getting worse. So that that's something that we can work with you on developing which stretches would be ones to pursue, which ones you might want to give up, right? So the bone spur situation... We have had some people where that really truly was the root cause of their problem and they did end up needing to have the that cleaned out, right? So the, the surgery, you can have the surgeon go in and just kind of that, that bone spur off, you know, pretty, that's a pretty easy surgery to recover from. When you talk about rotator cuff repairs and get into more repairing tendons, those are big surgeries to recover from. So that is definitely more time intensive and you have restrictions, you know, you can't move your arm, you're in a sling. So it's a pretty big rehab. You're usually in physical therapy for like a three-month process. Not that you're in every day by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a little bit more of a commitment and to get through that. I hope that gives you some clarity today on shoulder bursitis, impingement syndrome, tendonitis, 
in arthritis. And that for each of those diagnoses, you know, when you're given that label, you're still a specific individual that has certain muscles that are tight and certain muscles that are weak. There's certain quality of that joint. You have a specific posture, flexibility, your own anatomy that needs further evaluation by physical therapists. So just keep that in mind when you get that diagnosis. The physical therapist is going to take you through an assessment to say, all right, let's see how the muscles like your pec muscles, your bicep muscles, your spine, how your shoulder blade muscles, how all of that is affecting this diagnosis so that we can give you the right exercises for that to help and how we can use our hands to help release the tight structures and get you into a better position for, for posture and for that those muscles to work better. So it's a little, you can get a diagnosis. I can have two people with impingement syndrome but they can have different plans based on the different muscles that are tight. Someone else might not need that stretch, but you might need it. So it is individualized, even though you may share the same diagnosis. So I like to highlight that because I think people compare notes with one another on, well, oh, I had a rotator cuff problem too. And this exercise and this exercise was was what helped me. You should try that. And maybe for them, that might not be the right thing. So it is individualized, even though you're given a label. It doesn't always give you exactly what all caused that diagnosis to happen. So if you are struggling with your shoulder in terms of using it the way you want to or being able to sleep and you've tried ice and modifying activities, you've looked at some ergonomic posture things and you've tried to correct what you can then it's definitely time to get some help. We are happy to to help you with that. We also have shoulder and neck pain workshop coming up. So we do workshops every quarter. We just rotate the topics that we talk about at the workshops. But if you are interested, please reach out to us. Um, That is free to attend. Or if you want to get started right away, we also can offer you a free discovery visit to see what's going on with your shoulder and if PT would be the right thing to do. But if you're ready to move forward, we're happy to to schedule you as well. So that is it on my talk of bursitis, tendonitis, impingement, and arthritis of the shoulder. So again, I do have lots of free resources on my website should you need that. But we are happy to help. And until next time, have a good rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast brought to you by Simply Physio. If your pain is preventing you from staying healthy and active and you'd like to avoid surgery, pain medicine, or just want to get back to doing the things you love in and around Knoxville, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the next best steps for resolving it. Find our ebooks online at simplypt.com slash health-tips. There you will find ebooks for topics such as neck and shoulder pain, lower back and hip pain, knee pain, and TMJ. These quick-to-read reports will provide you with expert tips, tricks, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit simplypt.com health-tips to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no-obligation phone consultations with a doctor of physical therapy to Knoxville area residents. Just call us at 
351-0615 or visit us at simplypt.com and click the Talk to a PT button on the home page to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast.